0: Hey guys, um, it's Andy T. Here back with another episode of Recovery Friends podcast. Today, we have my friend Ashley, and let me tell you, um, what an incredible story she has. I was um, I was de- I mean, I was really moved by it and was uh, at various moments moved to tears uh, during the recording um i feel very lucky that i get to have these experiences and these conversations um and uh, and i just hope that people out there um, are benefiting from them um i really hope you enjoy this episode because it um it was truly like i felt really honored to get to do it um so as per usual real quick um quick disclaimer, because the things said here, they do not represent any 12-step programs mentioned in the podcast or otherwise. Uh, They're just the opinions um, of two folks who are having a conversation about how they got sober, um, how we were hopeless, and now um, somehow we it'll be able to live a life, a functional life, which is uh, incredible and in many cases is like a miracle. (laughs) So uh, if anybody's out there uh, new in recovery or still in the depths of addiction or if you have, you know, multiple years of sobriety, um, I hope that these episodes um, can give you hope. You know, I think we all need hope no matter where we're at. Um, in our journey. So without further ado, I give you Ashley. And one, here we are. Um, Hello, Ashley. Hey, how are you?
1: I'm doing well.
0: Thank you uh, so much for doing this. Um, I'm excited to do, to uh record your story
1: I'm excited to be here yeah honored
0: yeah. um what um so I usually like i usually start it off and I'm like, how do we know each other like when was our first time we met do you I really don't know when the first time you and I met was
1: definitely in the rooms yeah you're in my phone as the bike guy
0: oh uh, okay <laughs> so you <laughs> yeah I'm the bike guy to a lot of people, so yeah. <laughs> So maybe you needed a bike, maybe, and.
1: No, I think it was just in the rooms.
0: It was like, oh, and, and so do people refer to me as the bike guy?
1: I do. <laughs>
0: <laughs> a little bit closer to the mic. There you go. Because uh, I can't, I can't help but be right up on the mic. So it's like it's just a habit. So I don't want to drown you out.
1: No, I think I think definitely it was in the rooms.
0: Okay. I mean, of course, probably. I mean, that's how I know most people here. You Same. Know? But I usually have, like, a moment, like, I always, like, like the first time we met, like, I remember something. But I think, like, you guys, you and I were just kind of, like, around the same sphere of people. And then uh, I got to know Nick yeah. pretty well through, uh, through the thrift shop.
1: And I had heard, before I got the opportunity to meet you, I had heard Nick speak about you, like, plenty of times. Yeah, yeah my, my boy, Andy, <laughs> the bike guy
0: yeah he's such a great guy uh so yeah we just recorded him not too long ago and i'm 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 procrastinating on releasing it but i'm gonna release it soon nick don't worry
1: dude (laughs) it's gonna be interesting because i'm sure i've stole some of his catchphrases over the years Uh
0: (laughs) wow we're gonna see it'll be the same yeah no i mean shit a catchphrase is a catchphrase (laughs) you know i think a cliche, a, a, like a sobriety or any kind of cliche that's like that in recovery, I feel like is so personal to all people that you almost feel like violated when you hear other people use them. You're like, what?
1: Wait, <laughs> that's mine. Yeah, it's totally yeah, like, not. It's not yeah. like I have an authentic <laughs> thought in my head. I got it from somewhere.
0: For sure. Like, I'm sure, like, yeah, I'm so. <laughs> I've heard it said that like originality is remembering, but just from forgetting where you remembered it from. Mm yeah which is the case for me i'm I'm a plagiarizing fool <laughs> yeah <laughs> um cool, so yeah, I mean you know um i we I explained to you the format um uh, so if you would like to start sharing your story with us, uh, I would love to hear it
1: for sure um wow, where do I start? Let's try the beginning' hmm. It'd be a good place yeah um so i was you know I was born into a family. Of people like me so my mom struggled with addiction from as far back as I can remember I would love to tell you that that's the reason that um, I was an addict and an alcoholic but we both know that's not true yeah. do, you, do you
0: think it plays a part
1: um I would say yes I would say yes but then at the same time I, I think that we have Cases upon cases where people came from good homes, you know, and, and still ended up. True. So I I don't think that that is, I think that ultimately I drink because I like the effects of alcohol. Yeah. I use drugs because I like the way it made me feel.
0: For sure. And I think, uh, like speaking that, like on the, uh, idea that like selfishness and self-centeredness is like the root of our problems. Like I definitely nurtured my selfishness and self-centeredness, you know? So it's like, I definitely had the nature, but I nurtured it pretty, pretty well. Too. For sure.
1: <laughs> and and then what we, what we learn, what we see growing up, you know, mm-hmm. that, that absolutely played a big part in it. Um, so, you know, I, I started, I will say this living in a home of an addict, I learned at a very young age to be as small as possible. Um, not literally, you yeah. know, but like my needs and my wants just to um be out of sight and out of mind and and that stuck with me you know for a very very long time but i started experimenting uh with drugs and alcohol when i was very young mm-hmm. i was like 13 years old and dude i realized with that with that small act of experimentation all of my worries slipped away yeah and i can i can remember the first time that i drank I was with a bunch of little girls, girlfriends, you know, and I liked it so much. I stole their alcohol (laughs) so I could make sure that I felt like that the next day. And that was really I was off to the races.
0: Was that the first time you got loaded? Like was or did you try weed or pills or something? No,
1: it was alcohol first. Yeah. No, it was alcohol first. And then very quickly I progressed.
0: Yeah. I think mine was definitely alcohol. I think. Yeah.
1: It was, you know, it was easy. Access was super easy hit it in a water bottle.
0: <laughs> I did that. I did that's another one of those like I like I thought I was so clever when I was drinking like I had it in a water bottle and I'd go around and then like I hear so many people did the same thing.
1: Yeah. Like it made so much sense. It's just water. Yeah,
0: but did you hear anybody say put it in a water bottle, or did you just no. come up with that on your own?
1: No, that was a fly spur of the moment idea because I was like, wow, I want to
0: perfect. Just fly it in a water bottle. I want
1: to take this home. Yeah, I want to do this tomorrow.
0: Oh, you did it that time.
1: Yeah. First time I drank.
0: Wow, so you were putting it in a water bottle from day one.
1: Dude, I was you were- <laughs> ready. I was ready. I was like, yeah, I yeah. have arrived.
0: <laughs> I, it, that didn't come to me until way later when I was trying to, like, when I knew, like, oh, man, fucking, uh, I need to, like, hide how much I drank.
1: No, it was, yeah. I knew immediately um, the amount of anxiety that was relieved, the amount of stress that was relieved. I knew immediately I wanted to do that again.
0: You're on, like... You know, like there's different types of geniuses. You're a genius alcoholic. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Oh, it gets level. better. Just wait. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so, um, and then, you know, like you said, very quickly it progressed to other things. Uh, I still in my grandma's pills. And really, by the time I was out of high school, I was a full-blown opiate addict. Mm. Could not function without it. Um, or, I'm sorry, while I was still in high school. Um, my mom lost her battle. To this disease the summer before my senior year, mm. and I would love to tell you that. Like, I had so much empathy towards her situation, but I was so mad. How dare you! How dare you die!
0: Wow, was she uh, were you still living with her
1: then? No, my grandma, um, my grandma stepped in and and took me out of that situation at about eight or nine, but my mom was always in and out, yeah, you know, like a good codependent. My grandma, um. Didn't really know how to handle that situation.
0: Yeah. Well, at least she uh, like took you out of that situation. Yeah, for sure.
1: What good I have in me today is yeah. is what my grandma instilled in me.
0: Yeah. So your your mother was a, a opiate addict too.
1: My mom was an everything addict. Okay. Um. But yeah, opiates were were her true love. I think what actually was um what ended her life was benzos. Oh yeah. Yeah. Wow. And so you know when when that happened i was i was really really mad at her and used that as an excuse uh to continue to get loaded in different ways and 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 more and more um you know unfortunately i lost my grandma about a year after my mom and that's really when i was oh. i was off to the races i was
0: so that was right, right at the end of high school or like right after high school? It
1: was, my mom was like right after high school. I didn't graduate high oh, school. Okay. So I, um, you know, yeah, I was like, course. yeah, That's I'm done. Do. I'm done with this. We're not <laughs> doing this anymore. This does not fit in with my plans. Right. And so, um, you know, then shortly thereafter my grandma, um, passed and I don't really, I can tell you when my grandma passed, um, that was one of the most difficult things that I had tried to face because, really, I felt like that's she was all I had left. You know, I grew up; I didn't know who my dad was. Who's just blank on my birth certificate. Wow. <laughs> you want to talk about identity issues? <laughs> um, so it was just me and my grandma. You know, after my mom, and then I lost her. I did have a beautiful daughter in the mix of all this loss. I had right. a beautiful baby girl, and you know, Andy, the thing is, I wanted to be a mom so bad yeah. I, I had every intention of being the best mom the mom that i never had but unfortunately the road to hell is paved in good intentions and i wasn't capable to be there and be present and be the mom that she deserved
2: mm.
1: and um i tried really really hard yeah and i was unsuccessful um you know i lost i lost custody of my daughter when she was around six Okay. So I did it. I did it okay for for a couple of years. Wow. But
0: how old were you when you had her? Uh, eighteen.
1: Okay. And so um. I. I lost her when she was around six, and I had every intention of getting her back, you know. But after after I lost her, I just there were things that I was doing that I swore I would never do. Yeah. You know. Um. And I was in so much pain because I had lost her, but the only way I could get her back is if I stopped using. Yeah, I had no choice over that at this point.
0: So you were um, an IV, IV heroin Absolutely. user.
1: At the end, at the end, I was I was IV heroin and meth.
0: So, but during this period with your daughter, was it at like a, no, no, not yet? Okay.
1: Um. No, I was I was a regular addict, <laughs> and I didn't stick needles in my arm, and that was were, the mindset that yeah. I had. You, you never
0: go that far, but isn't Yeah. It's funny. Were you, but you were doing heroin though at the time or, or? no, they
1: don't, they didn't have heroin where I was from then. No.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, it's funny because like, I, I think that too, like, man, I loved opiates too. I discovered opiates in high school and, and, and I, I had a relationship with them, you know, all through my twenties till I got sober. And at the end it was like, um, you know, Roxy's and stuff like that. Um, but I never encountered heroin Mm -hmm. you know and if you'd asked me then I'd probably not I'd never do heroin but like honestly if I would have found heroin at any point there and done it like I I would I would have completely fallen in love with it. I'm sure of it
1: so um where I'm from in Tennessee like there wasn't any need for heroin we had a we had a dirty doctor on every corner yeah you know that that opioid epidemic that blew up in the foothills of the Appalachia is very real yeah it's very very real so like there was no need for it you had 15 friends that were going to the doctor wow yeah and That's- so I you know not until the end was it even available or yeah. in my scope I didn't know heroin you
0: know. was like still underground back then
1: yeah it <laughs> just I wasn't. um it wasn't around yet. Yeah, at least in my friend circle.
0: For sure. So, um, all right. So, you lose your daughter.
1: Mm. Yeah, I lost my baby, and um, I, I had every intention of of getting my stuff together, getting my shit together, and going and getting her back. And I blinked, and ten years had gone by. Wow. And, um, you know, no contact with her. I would I used to like look on Facebook and try to do everything that I could to like Facebook stalk and like get a glimpse of her and pictures of her but I can't imagine the pain that she felt cuz yeah. you know she remembered me she was with me until she was 6. Wow. And um you know I I just I I hurt for her very bad but um I was very much an active addiction and that was the That was on the forefront of of me at that time. Like, yeah, I'm going to get her back. But first, let me get well.
0: Let me get, yeah, let me get loaded. I'll do it tomorrow. So what do those 10 years look like?
1: Those 10 years um, were a lot of really bad relationships. Yeah. Because. Tell me all about them. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) Um, I was, I was then and very much still am like almost like a little golden retriever. You know, somebody love me. Yeah. Please just love me. Love me, love me, love me. And because of the, the people that I was around, I got a really ugly type of love. And I accepted it because I felt like I deserved it. Because wow. I didn't think very highly of myself. And so, as you can imagine, that that was a very, um, you know, that was just a, a cycle. Mm-hmm. I would get in a relationship this is it, the love of my life, and it was not, you know, and that could look like many different things. I did have a, um, I was in a, in a relationship that resulted in some pretty severe domestic violence, um, and that was a really, really dark place for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, I was just accepting the love that I felt like I deserved. I think, you know, somewhere deep down, I felt like I needed to be punished, Mm. and I thought that, you know, of course this is the way that I'm being treated because I'm bad. And I ended up, um, having a child with him. So daughter number two.
0: Yeah. And how old are you here?
1: I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) I can't remember that. Um,
0: like where are you at in your stage of like your progression?
1: Um, I'm still, you know, I'm still on on pills and, and different things like that. Um, Twenty five.
0: Yeah. So you had another little girl.
1: I had another little girl. Oh. Um, and I did. I was able to get out of that um, relationship with with her and I safely. Yeah. And super grateful for that. Um, was able to get away. And, you know, I tried again. What's going to fix this? A great relationship. And, you know, it was the the last one before my beautiful husband today was not a bad relationship. He was a very good man. And I was just really broken. Mm. And so my little girl was, you know, my oldest daughter's you know, out of the picture at this point, but my little girl, I was like, okay, here, I'm going to, I'm going to get it with this one. Mm. This is going to be it. And again, I just, I was serving my addiction.
2: Yeah.
1: I could not be present for my child. That was the only thing that I could, that I could handle was fueling my addiction. And as we talked about it before, you know, like things that I swore I'd never do, I was now doing on Tuesday mornings. Yeah. Not bad and I, you know. And so one day my, my little girl was about six. That's my magic age. <laughs> my little girl was about six and um, I dropped her. I dropped her off with a friend in the family with every intention of coming back and getting her. And I never came back. Wow. Cause I was arrested. And that's really where my, my journey started.
0: Oh, wow. And this was in
1: 2015. Wow. Mm -hmm. So,
0: so, but, so how many times did you try to get sober between like, did you try at all? No. There was no attempts. No. There was. (laughs) What do you mean?
1: (laughs) (laughs) That's an option. (laughs) Wow. No, there was no, um, there was no bouts of sobriety. I did have healthy baby girls that were not addicted. Yeah. Um, and that was just by the grace of God. Wow. Um, but, no, there was never a day where I was like, okay, I'm going to stop or uh, go into treatment or none of that.
0: So, this, was this the first time you had been to prison or jail?
1: No, I had been arrested several times with no consequences. You know, just random charges, PI, DUI, yeah. you know, little things like that, but no real, no P- real consequences. P-I? Public intoxication. Oh, I don't even know
0: that. <laughs> Dude, know, that's a good one. I don't know the codes.
1: You should see the mugshot for that one. Know. It's
0: hilarious. <laughs> And so, like, okay, so, so from the time you, so you stayed in this town this whole time, or oh, did you yeah. move around?
1: No, I stayed. I stayed in a general um, thirty-mile radius
0: in Tennessee. Tennessee in Tennessee, yeah. whiskey. Tennessee whiskey. Oh. And then, and then, so, how, so, how did you wind up here in New Orleans?
1: Great question.
0: Is that <laughs> after this, this?
1: So I was arrested, and um, I did definitely have some consequences from this
0: one. Do you care to share? But uh, why you were uh, arrested?
1: I had a large quantity of methamphetamine along with some other charges. I had a gun. Wow. Um, and so when I was arrested, I was like, "Ooh, this is bad." And I I ended up getting federally indicted because of those charges.
0: How much was the amount?
1: Around four ounces.
0: Okay, but I and then so that's a lot. That's like big. Yeah. I was like, well, um. But you had previous drug charges, mm-hmm. right? That were building nothing nope. like that. So it was just like this one charge. Mm-hmm. And how long? How long did they uh, did they sentence you to?
1: They sentenced me to twenty four months. Uh-huh. The feds do months. They sentenced me to twenty four months and five years supervised release.
0: Okay, and you did the whole twenty four.
1: Yeah. And well, you do eighty five percent anything fed. So, but. There was a couple of months that I was incarcerated that didn't actually count until I was indicted. Um, And then once I was indicted, it started counting. My time started counting. But, um, yeah, I did it all. I'm grateful for every single day I did. Wow. Saved my life.
0: Wow. Cool. All right. Well, cool. Well, then I'll tell you what. We'll stop right there, and then we'll get into the rest of your story after these quick messages. Okay, we're back from break, and, uh, okay, so, um, prison, prison,
1: prison? Like, big
0: girl prison. Like, a, oh, you said feds, yeah. So, federal fucking prison, that's tough, dude. I don't, you know, I'm so glad I didn't do time, like, I, I did, like, I spent one night in county
1: or well parish yeah
0: you know for for when i got when i finally got my my badge of honor which is a dui and alcoholics. <laughs>
1: good for you
0: you know what I'm saying? i earned my seat and <laughs>
1: <laughs> so yeah it was uh it was big girl prison i knew i was in trouble
0: yeah
1: um and and honestly andy i will tell you uh the night that they put me in handcuffs i was so relieved i was like finally finally because I wanted to die. Yeah, I was miserable. Wow. I was miserable. I didn't want to. I I didn't want to get loaded, and I couldn't stop. And you
0: kept getting like, uh, like out of trouble.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, I mean, it's a little podunk town. I kept getting out of trouble, you know, yeah. and you know, I'm not, I'm not sliding them, but I wish there were, you know, at the time, drug court and treatment programs. Yeah. Because.
0: Well, in small towns, there's not a lot of resources. There's like, really not. I, um, I mean, so I'm from a small town, too. Um, it's in the middle of nowhere, Louisiana. Mm-hmm. It's a population of 1,000. Oh. And, um, and honestly, a lot of people that stay there don't have much. I mean, like, you see, you see a lot of them just get, you know, just stay wrapped up in that cycle. Yeah. And, you know, and I remember I would have friends who would go off to treatment and they'll be right back in that town. And there's no AA meetings there. There's no like outpatient, there's nothing. It's like, a, it's it's just like, what do you do? Get loaded, yeah. go out, get, you know, you know, you, you buy pills from the same person you've been buying pills from your whole fucking your life. Whole life. And uh, and I always think thought like, man, it would, cause when I got sober, I I used to think of specific people and I'd be like, man, if they just could like, get out of there and find the resources that I was so lucky to find, I uh, man, you know? Um, but not everybody has that, is that fortunate, I guess.
1: And, and, you know, I believe that that night, um, it saved my life. Mm -hmm. I believe that with my whole heart. I don't believe I would have made it out with my life. Yeah. And, um, you know, I was, I I was arrested. I detoxed on a mat on the floor. Wow. And it was terrible. In a Um, cell
0: by yourself or with other women?
1: No, in a cell by myself because I was a dangerous criminal.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> oh, how things have changed.
0: Did you have, um, again, feel free to refrain and, and, and plead the fifth, but uh, did you have, like, violent, uh, like, charges in the past? No. No?
1: It was just the gun. Okay. The gun got me. Yeah. And, um, you know, not saying there wasn't things that, that they missed, you know, but as far as, like, my my activities when I was in active addiction, I was very much violent. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, I I laid on the floor on that mat and all these, these years of hurts and traumas and pains caught up with me in that moment, you know, in this tiny cell. And I wanted to die.
0: Wow, I'm bad.
1: I wanted to die. If I wouldn't have been too sick to tie my sheet, we wouldn't be having this conversation but yeah. i was too sick to get up
0: yeah
1: i was absolutely too sick to get up and, and this is
0: after at least a decade of continuous use yeah yeah a, a, or more 15 yeah. years
1: 15 years yeah and so you know i didn't know what else to do um i always believed there was a god
2: yeah
1: i just didn't believe i had access to him yeah and so I didn't know what else to do but just kind of pray for some sort of relief. I didn't know what that looked like. Like it's got to get better. And finally fell asleep. And the next day it was a little bit better. Yeah. You know. And I did that for a couple of 24 hours. And just um, just stuck it out. It was really it was really scary, um, because I didn't know if I was going to prison for 20 years or two years. Mm-hmm. Um. And in the feds they do something really cool. It's called diesel therapy. <laughs> so they'll just rack you up in the middle of the night and send you across the country. Uh-huh. <laughs> and so, um, while I was waiting to be sentenced, you know, I did I did get moved around a lot. Now my first um my first six months, I was in twenty three in one lockdown in one in one county jail. I was in one tiny cell all the time. And then um I was eventually moved somewhere else where I got Four hours,
0: twenty-three and one. So you were locked up for twenty-three hours, and you got like some wreck time.
1: Yeah, from five a.m. to six a.m.
0: And so, and then and the other one, it was twenty and four. Yeah, and because you were dangerous. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's so strange. So they were afraid to put you in a population.
1: Well, in that one particular county jail, they were um, just in because I was actually property of the FBI. And so, they they didn't really know where to put me. Yeah. Until I got to prison, like that was exciting. I was yeah. excited to go to prison. Um, you until, weren't
0: afraid to be around like other felons and no, criminals. Those are my
1: people. <laughs> They're still my people. Yeah. Um, no, I wasn't afraid. Um, I say that, but um, you know, when I got moved to the to the other county jail. I really had some hope at this point. Um, I started finding ways to be of service in whatever capacity I could. And you know, what that looked like for me one time was um, a CEO came to my, to my door and said, hey, we've got a new girl. She's never been to jail before and she's really sick. Can we put her in here with you? And you know, I was like, oh, yeah, I guess. You know, I didn't really want to deal with it, but then at the same time, I knew I had some things that I could offer her. Yeah, And so they put her in there with me, and I showed up for her, and it felt really good. It felt really good. I held her hair while she was sick and gave her some soda and showed her how to fill out a med form mm-hmm. and just these different things, and I, and I was able to invest a little bit of love into this person, into this stranger, and I really, I was hooked.
0: Yeah. So what, What? Um. I mean, at this point, the, so who suggested that this person be in your cell? A CO. A CO. Correct, correctional a officer. Correctional officer. Okay. And so, but had you encountered any like 12-step programs while you were in there
1: at this point? So when I got to this particular facility, um, <laughs> AA showed up every Tuesday. Okay, And it was it was an opportunity to get out of your cell and get some cookies yeah
0: and so like but th- was the idea of like helping or serving this person was that like just something that occurred to you or was it the ceo that suggested it or had you heard it in the in
1: it was completely organic
0: it just happened it yeah. just happened
1: mm-hmm. um you know i did go to the 12 step program while i was in jail and i sat in that room i did not know what they were talking about i thought that i had nothing in common for them in, in common with them whatsoever, like, I just, I was like, what is this lady talking about? You know? And I was still really foggy. Yeah. And, um, but it planted a seed in me because I'll tell you what I learned. No matter what, if it was raining, if it was sunny, she always showed up, always showed up. I could count on cookies on Tuesday. Be mode. I could count on cookies on Tuesday. And that's why I went. But it don't matter. Yeah. Because there were some, definitely some seeds planted yeah. um, in that time. And so I'm there for a little while. I did make a couple investments in my future. Um, looking back now, I got my GED while I was in there. Awesome. And um, that was a big deal. Yeah. It was a huge deal for because sure. it was me telling myself there, there was hope, mm-hmm. you know, to have some sort of life when I got out. And then I off to, off to Alabama to go to prison. And once I got there, um, I knew that I wanted something different. I had been removed from the drugs long enough that I knew I didn't want to do it. Uh, I absolutely count my prison time as clean time because there are so many drugs in there. Yeah. Of um,
0: course. What? So this is by far the longest you've ever been clean? Yeah. 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 And I had a question when you were detoxing. Was that the first time you had detoxed yourself to, to like, comp- like? Sobriety that where where you didn't use before you were fully detoxed? Yes. That was the first time?
1: 100%.
0: Wow. Isn't it amazing like that feeling you get whenever you're finally kind of through the detox and you feel like, it's well, at least I remember it. I remember like when I would try to detox myself and I would like, when it would finally go away and I would feel good.
1: Yeah. Well, I I don't think I ever got to experience that because I detoxed.
0: And you were like, I'm in prison. I'm like still here,
1: dude. I'm still here and uh, it's still the same four walls and I don't know what's going to happen.
0: And also, I mean, shit, like you said, like all of that past stuff, just boom, right in front of your face.
1: Yeah, just absolutely no No solution. No solution. I didn't have any solution for it whatsoever. And like all those things that I've been out running for all those years, there was nowhere to run. Yeah. You, you, you deal with it, uh, to the best of your ability. And, you know, I got to prison and I was like, yeah, I'm going to do classes. Uh-huh. And so anytime those doors were open for classes, I was in class and that's how I managed to stay out of trouble yeah. while I was in prison. Um, I started realizing that I did not want to go back. I was so scared. Mm-hmm. I was more scared, um, to be released than I was to go in. I was trying to figure out ways I could break the law in there and not hurt somebody so I could get more time. Mm. Like I didn't want to leave.
0: I can imagine, yeah. Fuck.
1: Um I did okay in there, you yeah. know. I had a little I had a little group of friends. I was working on myself, and it was really scary to think I'm going out of here homeless with absolutely no resources. And so I
0: And this is what, twelve 12- no, twenty four months.
1: Mm-hmm. We're getting towards the end of
0: two of full years. Two full years. Wow. Um, yeah, dude. Look, not to interrupt you. I'm on. My, I'm. I'm good for like messing up people's flow. But <laughs> it's okay. Uh, I remember. I was in. I was in long term treatment for six months inpatient. And after I got out, I was like, I want to go back. Like I felt like it was just so. Like I got so comfortable, and everything was had become so like. Kind of like chill, easy. I had my boys. Yeah, It was like the first time, like in a long time where I was like connecting with people in there and we're cutting up, having a good time. No real responsibilities, except, you know, I was working steps and all that stuff. And I had that experience. After six months, I couldn't imagine being like, that whole institutionalized thing is real.
1: I was really blessed that I didn't... I wasn't necessarily institutionalized. We have people leaving our our prison system that have done 15 years, and they're like, "Hey, good luck."
2: Wow.
1: You know, they when they went in, there were flip phones. Yeah. You know, right. and um, really, I have a big heart for reentry.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, and so I didn't I didn't want to leave. I'd found purpose. Mm-hmm. I would found meaning in my life, and the thought of losing that was really scary. And I had. Made a friend while I was in prison. She was my prison mom. (laughs) You know, and I was just kind of talking to her about it. And I was like, I am terrified. I don't want to go back. And she was like, do you really want to do something different? And I'm like, yeah. She's like, I got family in Mandible. And I was like, hmm. And so I advocated. It was a very hard advocation for them to relocate me. And, you know, when I got out, I had to go back to my hometown to check in to to be relocated. And that was really scary.
0: Because that's where they send you to be like under supervision. Yeah. So to, yeah,
1: I went under supervision. You know, I was under supervision where my indictment was out of, but they were going to let me be on courtesy supervision out of Louisiana. But first I had to go there. And I um, I was really scared. I was like, man... I don't want to run into anybody that I know, you know. And so I went a couple of towns over and I got a hotel room to check in and then off to Louisiana. Right. I I was very specific to leave and go a couple of towns over. And this is a really this just shows you how God how God kind of shows up. So I go and check in with my P.O., And I'm like, here I am. And he's like, okay, take a drug test. And I'm like, no problem. He's like, okay, I probably won't see you again. Good luck. And I'll be in contact with your supervisor down there. And I'm like, yeah, okay. I go back to my hotel room. The crew that I was hiding from was staying at the hotel.
0: Golly. And is that like a God showed up moment or a God like, like, like checked his phone moment and stopped paying attention? <laughs> he, was,
1: he was like, oh, let's we'll see how God this goes out. God
0: stopped paying attention moment.
1: <laughs> no, because it, it gave me, it gave me the confidence to know that I could say no when faced with, with the things. And, and that's what I had to do. Like, I'm literally walking back to my room. Yeah. And here comes the crew.
0: The crew. The crew. The, how did how did, so did they know? They knew you were there. Nobody knew. No?
1: Nobody knew I was getting out. Wow. I didn't tell anybody. They were just partying.
0: And were they like,
1: "Oh my god." Yeah. They were like, "Hey, we're so glad to see you. When did you get out? We're good. Let's get right." And I was like, "No." No. You know, and really looking back, Andy, my PO had just told me he's not going to see me again. I got three days before I got to check in. Yeah, you
0: could have done it. I could up. have got
1: right, you know. And But I, w- I did not want to go through that detox again. I did not want to go through that. And I'm also like, I'm out now. Like, I've tasted pizza. Going back don't sound that cool, you know.
0: You've tasted pizza.
1: And I, I was like, no, I'm, no, no, I'm sorry. I, I've got to go. Yeah. So... 6 a.m. the next morning, banging on my door. It was my PO. He wanted wow. to get one more drug test.
0: Good.
1: One more drug test. That's wow. So I would have went back. I would have went back.
0: God, no more pizza. Well no I mean, they, more they pizza. They give you pizza at the at, at did, it prison, ain't, It ain't
1: like Domino's, though.
0: <laughs> it's that like weird square pizza you used to get at the high school.
1: The feds eat good. I'll give them that. They eat good. <laughs> um, and so I was off to Louisiana. I did um, enroll in the only way I could really get them to release me.
0: That tricky PO. That was trick. He was fuck. He was
1: good for him. Yeah. Good for him. For sure. (laughs) I'm really proud of him. And I've contacted him since and been like, Hey, I'm still sober. Oh, that's (laughs) awesome. So I come down here. Scariest thing I've ever done. Hmm. Nine hours away from anybody that I know, you know, I don't know anybody down here. Um, but I had just enough desperation that I was willing to do anything. Yeah. Um, don't really have a solution either at this point, so I'm just like sober. Yeah. Um, and I go into a faith-based program. Uh, that, was the, that was the reason that I was allowed to come down here. I didn't do really good there. I'm um, defiant yeah. and very outspoken. And so they were really, they were really gracious and they expedited me through the program and let me, you know, cause I've been incarcerated for two years and they let me get a job and I, um, I started working and I went to a thrift store. Now, mind you, I'm like, I'm like, I'm not from here. I don't know what a bridge house is. Mm-hmm.
0: Right? So are you, are you living in New Orleans or you're on the North Shore? I'm in Metairie. Okay, you're in
1: Metairie. I'm in the mean streets of Metairie. They're pretty mean. <laughs> That's what I heard. And I go I go in this thrift store and I'm like, wow, this is like the nicest thrift store I've ever seen in my life. Mm. And this little guy pops out from the side and he's like, well, thank you. And I'm like, what? And, um, you know, it, he was, I was flirting, he was flirting and I go to leave and this guy doesn't even ask me for my number. And I'm like, man, Uh I laughed more in the 30 minutes I was in that thrift store than I have in the last three years of my life. And so I went back in and shot my shot. Uh I gave him my number and um, I'm happy to say that he's my husband today.
2: What a miracle.
1: But it was funny because I'm trying to figure out how to tell this guy, hey, you don't got to meet my dad but I need a copy of your ID to take to Poydras to give to the federal supervising officer, you know, to be around you. Like that's a thing. Wow. You can't just be like running around with randos. You gotta, they gotta approve it. <laughs> and, um, you know, I'm trying to figure out how to tell him I'm like sober and I, I don't do any of those things. And one day I called him and he was like, oh, I'm sorry. I didn't answer. I was in a meeting and I was like, Oh, cool. You had a work meeting. He's like, no, I was, in a, I was in an AA meeting. I was like, no shit. Me too, dude. And he did give a copy of his ID <laughs> to the feds.
0: Wow. And that's just to hang out. So this is like before you guys first hang out.
1: This is, no, we had been like hanging out on the oh, slick. Yeah, yeah. And, um, but like for me to, to be around him, like, yeah. I needed to let them know. For sure. That, like, I was talking was talking guy. Because it's like guy. if
0: you're, like, you just, like, meet him. He's like, well, I need your ID first time.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, I eased into it. And so from from there, I did go to um, a sober living in the area. And really, dude, I got to experience women on a degree that I never knew was, was possible. Hmm. Um in, in addiction, I always looked at women as threats, never allies. Yeah. And so here I am, very far from home, and I'm surrounded by all these women. And they just loved on me. They loved on me so much. And that that Oxford house, that sober living, taught me how to be a woman. I knew if I didn't pay my EES, I didn't have anywhere to go. EES. Um, equal shared spending account. I don't know. Yeah. like
0: Uh, like rent rent (laughs) there you go
1: um I knew that if I didn't um I didn't pay that I didn't have anywhere to go and if I didn't have anywhere to go they were going to send me back and so I always made you back where Tennessee Tennessee yeah and so that was not an option for me Mm. and so I um I started building these relationships with these women you know I had nothing to offer as far like looking back physically I had nothing to offer and I learned how to build relationships. I started going to AA because you got to <laughs> in sober living. And I really found my tribe in, in AA. I um, started going to meetings. I'll never forget it. They did the vision for you at the end of the meeting. I thought it was the coolest thing in the world that everybody was like, join us. <laughs> I was like, yeah, dude, I need some of this in my life. <laughs> and I drank the Kool-Aid. Yeah. I drank the Kool-Aid. I got a sponsor. Um, nice. Started working the steps, yeah. started really, really getting in the book, and and that book became alive to me. Um, I did reach out to my oldest. The Bible. No, the big book. <laughs>
0: <laughs> of Alcoholics Anonymous. Of Alcoholics Anonymous.
1: <laughs> um, sorry, I should have specified. <laughs> um, that book, you know, really came alive to me, and I, I had. I received so much from it. Like I still, I'm such a big softy, like I'll read it with my sponsees today and I'm like crying, but it's, it, I believe, you know, like I totally believe in, in AA and I bought into it. So I, I did reach out to my oldest daughter when I got out of prison. You know, and I'm I'm settled in sober living. I'm working the steps. I reach out to her, and I'm like, "Hey, I'm sober. I wanna be your mom now."
0: Oh, uh, so this is before you got to step nine, which is the <laughs> making amends.
1: Yes, it's it was before I got to step nine. <laughs>
0: okay,
1: I was I jumped the gun. I was two stepping, <laughs> and she was like, "No, I don't want to talk to you." Wow. And um, luckily I had some really strong women around me, that that helped pick me up. That's and hard. I yeah. Didn't drink. I didn't use behind it, you know, and I just kept working, kept working the steps. Um, My fourth and my fourth and fifth step. I, I mean, I sat, I'm going to be honest, um, circle of trust. (laughs) (laughs) I sat on four and five for a while. Yeah. And I'm really grateful. Like almost a year. Oh, wow. Wow. Yeah. And I had consequences, I think, that that really kept me. Um, from making any huge mistakes. I really, um, I got my current sponsor and she got a hold of me and she was like, why aren't you sponsoring women? And I'm like, I don't know, four step? And she was like, what? Uh No, you need to work a fourth and fifth step and you need to get some of the solution and you need to help women. And um, I listened to her because she's kind of (laughs) scary. She's not. And, um, you know, when I reached out to my daughter uh, and she shut me down, I was, I was absolutely devastated. And there were, there were times where I was like, why am I even doing this?
0: This was your first daughter mm-hmm. you had reached out to? Me. And at this point, what, she's like... 16. 16, yeah.
1: Yeah, she's 16, just like me. Yeah,
0: I would mean a rebellious teenager, you know, at 16. She'd probably be rejecting you whether you were in yeah. life or not. <laughs> whether I'd been there the whole time. She was yeah. just
1: angry. <laughs> And so um, I showed up in whatever capacity I could show up for her. Yeah. And, you know, I sent letters, uh, open-ended letters for years and um, continue to work the steps. I did decide that I wanted to uh, work in treatment. Um, I really felt drawn to it. I applied at a couple of treatment centers and got shot down because <laughs> my background was really bad, oh. you know but I didn't give up and I waited until COVID hit and they got really desperate. (laughs) (laughs) And, um, I found exactly where I was supposed to be.
0: Yeah. That's awesome.
1: And so let's see. So I keep reaching out to my daughter. Yeah. Um, and I, um, you know, some of the most, some of the, Most pain I experienced while in sobriety and, like, trying to work these steps and trying to to go through these things and was trying to sign those cards that I was sending to her. Yeah. You know, I wrote a card out. I'm sitting down.
0: You're like, do I sign my name or mom?
1: Yeah. Like, I know it sounds like not a big deal. No, I can see it. But I was like, do I sign mom and her get upset? Because she doesn't, I don't deserve... To say that to her or do I sign Ashley and she doesn't think that I want to be her mom? Yeah. Like, and just a lot of tears, Mm. a lot of tears in those, in those moments. Um, I think I usually just put both.
0: (laughs) Your your mom, (laughs) Ashley. Yeah.
1: And uh, I just kept showing up.
0: And so she was, uh, who was raising her?
1: Um, She had went with her dad. Okay. With her dad. Yeah. Um, by this, by this point, she's with her dad and, um, you know, she, those cards really, I think they made a big difference because, um, two days after her 18th birthday, she reached out to me and she was like, okay. And I was like, Uh okay. And she was like, I don't really know what to say to you, but, um, I was like, that's all you need to say. I'll say I'll say everything that we need to talk about. And you let me know if there's anything you need to talk about. And I told her early on, you can ask me anything. Uh, You might not like the answer, but I will always tell you the truth. And so um, the funny thing about the restoration of our relationship, you know, when she would only talk to me on Facebook Messenger once a month, I was present. I wasn't wishing it away to the next thing. Yeah. Because I remember when I prayed for that. I remember when I cried for that. When I finally got to talk to her on the phone, you know, I was present um, because I remember when I prayed for that. And, um, you know, I just got to know her and I let her get to know me. And um, it's funny because today she'll call me up with a problem that a 20-year-old girl might have and I'll give her some advice. And she's like, mom, that's such good advice. I'm like, it's AA, it's not me.
0: Yeah. it's not me God, how, you know how many times i've taken credit for shit i've learned <laughs> in a with my family They're like, they, like, i'm just spitting hot fire with my family right. and I'm, I'm i'm getting the worst because i'm always just like yeah you know pretty wise
1: so i want to <laughs> i want to share um another really cool part of my story yeah so i met you know i met nick we're we're like going steady now mm-hmm. <laughs> and um He had said, you know, I think you might be Italian. And I'm like, really? You think that I don't cook? And he's like, no, I think you might be Italian. I don't cook. I don't cook at all.
0: Like, that's like, I'm Italian. (laughs) I don't cook. I talk with my hands, though. I definitely do that.
1: And so we did an ancestry test. Nice. And I'm not Italian at all. Oh. But there was some stuff on there that I didn't really understand, you know, not knowing who my father was. And... So I did a lot of really creepy research uh, with some names and some reverse searching of screen names that I came across. And I found that somebody that showed up on my ancestry was probably my my aunt. And so once again, AA showed up for me in this moment because I was so terrified of rejection. You know, what if I reach out to these people and they're like, we don't want to talk to you. And what if I reach out and they like Google me? It's not cute. No. Um, <laughs> so, like, I had a lot of fear, you know. I had, a, I had a ton of fear. And I kept pressing into my program and, and talking to my sponsor and, and talking to the women in this program. And so, finally, like, one day I was like, this is it. I'm, I'm going to shoot my shot. And so, I had her work number. And so, I said, Monday morning, I'm going to call. And if she still works there, I'm going to talk to her. And if she doesn't, then... I'm going to, I'm going to give it back. I'm going to give it, I'm going to give it to God. And like, just wait. (laughs) So I called on Monday morning and, um, she did still work there. And so I called her up and I was super nervous. And I was like, Hey, you know, um, did you take an ancestry test? And she's like, I did. And I'm like, I think one of your brothers might be my dad. And she's like, well, how old are you? And I told her, and she was like, oh, checks out. Timeline checks out. Yeah. And so she asked me to send her some pictures, on email, of course, because she's not going to give this person her phone number yet. And I sent her some pictures, and she called me back within the hour, and she said, we need to talk to you. And I was like, do I look like my dad? And she was like, no, you look like me.
2: Uh-huh.
1: And so... Um, I got to find out that I have three amazing aunts that dote over me like I'm their child. Wow. A beautiful grandma um, who is one of the most beautiful and spectacular examples of a human being. Um, My dad was one of us. Mm. He died the same year I got sober. And so... I like to think that you know he got where he was going and he found out he had a baby and he did what he could to help intervene. Mm. Um, I don't believe my dad knew he had a daughter. Yeah. Um, and I have a family today. I can remember being in prison, right? I can remember the way the blanket felt, and the way the wall felt and the way the room smelled. And I can remember dreaming up a life for myself. All I wanted was a family. All I wanted was a tribe. And um, I didn't have it in my imagination to dream up a life like I have today. I didn't, I didn't know it was possible. You know, never in my wildest dreams did I believe that I was going to get connected with my family that I never have to make an amends to. That I get to watch them heal through me over the things that they carried with my dad. I get to watch them soften and, and get, um, and they tell me all the time, you're all the best parts of your dad, you know? And so where does that happen?
0: God, I don't know. I don't know, but man, yeah, I'm over here fucking <laughs> crying. <laughs> oh man, that's so amazing. God, actually.
1: So I went back home, um, I went back home after about six months of that initial phone call. I went back home to meet them. Uh-huh. The moment I got off the airplane, I knew that oh. I was their family. <laughs> because they had, a it's a girl sign. Yeah. <laughs> they were like, oh, it's a girl.
0: <laughs> oh, wow.
1: And um, I got to.
0: So they didn't even know. They, they didn't know that. They just knew there was. But they knew there was a, a kid.
1: No. They did not know there was a kid. Oh. Nobody knew. Wow. Um, my grandma, you know, they were really, they were kind of on the fence. Like, how do we tell her? Do we tell her what, t-? you know? And they just told her and she was like, I have another granddaughter, oh. you know? And I, I did tell him, I was like, Hey, I want to be completely transparent with you. I am at the time, I think I was five years sober. I was like, I am five years sober. And that's when they told me that, you know, my dad also struggled with addiction and they, are, like, my biggest cheerleaders. Wow. Um, they're so proud of me. And... and do,
0: do you find that, like... Because that's always a, curi- a curious thing. It's, like, how much are they like you? Like, in the way they, ma- they behave?
1: A lot. Yeah. Um, definitely <laughs> my humor and my wit. I got yeah. from my daddy's side of the family. Uh-huh. Um, I'll do things when I'm with them, and they'll be like, oh, that was Craig. Damn. You know, that yeah. was my dad. Saint. And, you know, I don't I don't know, because, you know, I didn't grow up in, in that situation. But there is definitely um, genetics yeah. involved with our personalities. For
2: sure. That's um,
1: awesome. And, you know, my aunt, I call her, I'm I'm going to do this and it's fine. But I call her my aunt mom. <laughs> 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 we're from Tennessee. We're allowed to do that. I call her my aunt mom because, you know, she's she's really um, showed up for me in a capacity that um, I'll never forget. I FaceTimed her one time while I was driving and she was like, what are you doing?
0: <laughs> well, this ain't cool.
1: I was like, what do you mean? I'm going home. She was like, get off FaceTime. And I was like, yes, ma'am. Uh-huh. I haven't done it again. <laughs> I haven't done it again. Yeah. You know? Um, and so when I got married, Um, one thing that I asked was that we went home. Uh, We went went back to Tennessee, and my entire family on my dad's side was there. And I got to hug my daughter for the first time in 13 years on that day. You know? So, everything good that I have in my life today is because of my 12 step program, every, every single part of it is because of the work that I've done with my sponsor and the work that I continue to do with my sponsees, mm-hmm. you know, none of that. I wouldn't have any of that. I wouldn't have been able to get the stupid ancestry test without <laughs> my program and my sobriety. Yeah. And I wouldn't be able to show them what a woman in recovery looks like I wouldn't be able to show them that we we do recover, um, and so that's been a big deal, wow. wow. a huge deal.
0: Amazing, God, what a um, I don't know. Uh, this might be. I don't think any other person's gonna top this. This is like so <laughs> good. Um,
1: Thanks, it's my life. <laughs> <laughs> it's trauma. It's a
0: beautiful story, though, um, <laughs> dude. Thank you so much, really. God damn it, thank you so much. You're welcome. Um do you have anything else you'd like to share?
1: um I just wanted to I wanted to say you know those those years ago, when my sponsor told me that the magic was was sponsoring women, she was not lying. Um, I love my girls so much, and they save me every single day um, and watching them you know. Start sponsoring and then their sponsees start sponsoring has been one of the the biggest I, and sometimes I call my sponsor and I'm like, I'm doing it wrong. She's <laughs> like, What do you mean? <laughs> I'm like, There's no way I should get so much joy out of this. And she just giggles at me and she's like, It only gets better.
2: Wow. Hmm.
1: And um it's been an amazing journey and I cannot wait to see where it continues to go.
0: Yeah. Wow. keep on the road you're on. You're doing amazing. Um yeah, I guess we can wrap it up there. I mean, this is beautiful. Thank you so much. Thank you.
1: All right.